Open your Bibles, please, to the book of Isaiah, chapter number 40. We are dealing with the book of Isaiah, and I have been dealing for a few weeks now with this wonderful chapter. And I'll continue to do that. I may, I'll probably have one other message, at least uh, from this uh, latter part of this chapter. But I want to share with you this morning uh, from Isaiah chapter number 40. And I know that uh, this is true of most of you. There are times that you're tired, emotionally tired, physically tired, spiritually tired. You just get that way. And God fashioned our body in every way. Now, hunger, sometimes people talk about hunger as being a bad thing, but it's not a bad thing. Matter of fact, in the last stages of death, a, a lack of hunger is an indication of a dying person. Did you know that? When they get to where they don't want to eat anything, they don't have any taste for anything, or having a desire for anything, that's a sign of death. And so God gave us hunger. And boy, we don't like to be hungry. We try to keep it filled up as much as we can. But it is. thirst. Thirst is a part of God's plan for your life. People say, I'm about to parch to death. My mouth so dry I could spit cotton. I'm thirsty. And we talk about thirst as if it's a bad thing. But it's not a bad thing. It's a signal that your body says to you, you need fluids. And you listen to it and you'll take those fluids in. And and, and that fluid is necessary. Your body's 97% water anyway. And so... You take in those fluids that are necessary to flush your system and to, and to, uh, to give mobility and, and to, to the cells and the blood cells and the fluid part of your body to flow, keep you flowing. It's not a bad thing. And did you know that being weary and tired and uh, those things, those are triggers that God has given to us. That's one thing about painkillers. God has fixed our body with nerve endings. So if there's a problem, there's a signal sent. If you've got a splinter in your finger and it hurts, well, that's, it sends that signal to your brain. You know, that needs to come out. And so it is with this idea of weariness and tiredness. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It is God's way of telling you, you need something different. Paul said, I know that in me, that is my flesh dwelleth no good thing. And so when you begin to labor or to do things and you become weary in the flesh, it lets us know that we need something more than we've got. Remember this parable in the Bible where the Lord talks about the man who had a friend to come at midnight. And he said, I have nothing to set before him. And I preach a message and I talk about when trouble comes at midnight, one thing it does is it reveals to us our inadequacies. And sometimes when we just get weary and tired and we're run down, that's God's way of saying to us, you need something you don't have right now. You need it. And so look in the Bible, please, in the book of Isaiah. And I want to look at the last part of this chapter again, beginning with verse number 28. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth. Praise God. I'm glad he's my savior. Amen. I mean, he's the Lord. He's the creator of the ends of the earth. Everything you see was made by my father. Amen. Praise God. Boys used to say my daddy can whoop your daddy. 
And can I say to you, my father can whoop your daddy if you're not saved. Amen. He, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we're able to ask to think. There's no searching of his understanding. There's no limit to his love. What a wonderful father we have. And he is the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth. Notice this. He fainteth not, neither is weary, and there's no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I want to call your attention. Last week I preached to you on being on eagles' wings. I want to call your attention back to that verse 31 again today. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. If you mark your Bible, will you draw a little circle or underline that word renew? They will renew their strength. Will you bow with me and pray? Heavenly Father, I pray God the Holy Ghost right now would give me a touch. Thank you for the wonderful singing this morning. God, I thank you, Lord, for Joe Barry and for Charles and Jesse and for the choir, for the wonderful congregation of singing, for the musicians that played so beautifully this morning. Thank you for your divine presence. And our Father, we didn't come this morning to be entertained. We didn't come, our Father, to go through a sham or show. God, every person, the sound of my voice is going to live forever in heaven or in hell. And God, those who don't know you this morning, God, I pray you'd help me this morning to have your anointing. I want to give a clear message. Our Father, I understand it to be between them and you. I understand that nobody goes to hell that wants to go to heaven. God, if they wanted to be saved this morning, they could be. I pray, God, this morning the Holy Ghost of God would move in their heart, move upon their will to where they'd be willing to trust you as Savior. Lay down their arms of rebellion once and for all and find their ever sins forgiven and their heaven is their home. I pray, God, this morning for those who are saved. God, there are many people in here, good people. Our Father who have loved you and served you, but God, they, today they are, have come to the end of the rope. They're weary. They're tired. And Father, I pray this morning, God, that you'd speak to our hearts the truth of this. God, we need renewal. Our church needs renewal. Churches across this nation need renewal and around the world need renewal. We need revival. And God, I pray the Holy Ghost of God would help me this morning. God, give me your anointing and I'll thank you and praise you for all you do in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you this morning, I pray God that, that God will take these little messages I've been preaching about the, about the eagle and not make it something that's just something of interest to you, but something become reality. You can fly. Above the problems of life. You can fly above the difficulties of life. God, will, God can enable you to do that. And I, I, when I was in Valdosta, Georgia, Desert Storm started right almost immediately when we got there where I was pastoring in Valdosta, Georgia. One of our couples in the church, their grandson was a pilot, flew F-15 from right then at, at uh, Moody Air Force Base. And they were deployed. And he was right in the thick of the battle. But he wrote back to his grandparents don't worry about me. I'm flying higher than they're shooting. Boy, I love that. Did you know God will enable you to fly higher than they're shooting at you? 
Hey, you can get above the battle. You can get above. Boy, they can, they're going to shoot and they're going to cuss and rip and rare and they're going to say things to you. But you can get to where it don't affect you. It doesn't affect you. You know, I, I, I was, I was uh, when I was in Asheville preaching not long ago, uh, I, I was talking with the colonel who's in cho- charge of the deployment of troops from Iran uh, Iraq, rather, over into Afghanistan. He was home on just a short furlough, and the church honored him on that Sunday. And he was talking to us after the service, and I was asking questions. Me and the pastor were talking to him personally about some things, and, and uh, he, he's a, just a great, great patriot, uh, uh, career military man, young man, has a wonderful family, loves the Lord, has great testimony. But he's in charge of the deployment of troops now into Afghanistan. And he was talking about the troops and how, how they were faithful and how they'd worked so hard. And, and you do pray for them every day because he said the ones that were having the most problems, the one who's been over there for several tours, you know, so this has been going on, you know, for a long time. And some of them, they, they've lost their families since they've been there. I mean, problems at home and other things, you know, and things that you, that, that we don't even think about could happen. But he said, you know, you've been hearing about a lot of the roadside bombs and about how many troops were killed initially. He said, but you hadn't heard very many in recent days. They, there are some who are killed, but not near as many. He said they, the, the troops did all kind of in, in, ingenious things to protect themselves inside those Humvees and other things. He said, but quickly the military realized what was going on and they developed a, a Humvee that doesn't have a flat bottom on it. It's got a V-shaped bottom like a boat. And he said when they go down the road and when the explosion goes off, it doesn't blow it up. It just blows it over, rolls it over. And then after the explosion, they can crawl out and they can get the um, equipment in there, set it back up. And they just go on about their business. And so God can fix you to where when the explosion goes off, it doesn't hurt you. Or it may just blow you over every now and then. But my dear friend, I, I remember old Dr. B.R. Lakin talking about when he was a boy. Boy, they were real pranksters. And, and they, he said one day they caught a bumblebee. And uh, they took that bumblebee and they put him down and they hit him with a stick. And they took another stick and they pulled the stinger out of him. And he, he said, my cousin come by and he had on overalls. And said somebody slipped up behind him and dropped that bumblebee in his overalls. And that thing was, <laughs> and he said they had to chase him down. Because he took off that bumblebee was in there, and he said they were hollering at him the whole time. Said, 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 uh, hold up, John, stop, John, stop, stop. So he he can buzz, but he can't sting. And that's all the devil can do. Did you know that? He can buzz, but he can't sting because we're protected by the grace of God. My dear friend, here it says this passage of scripture that you can have your strength renewed. Your strength renewed. And that's not for everybody. It's for those who wait upon the Lord. And last week I told you that that has nothing to do with the time element. And, and, and certainly there's times that you, you're patiently waiting for the promise and those things. But that didn't, that's not what that word means. It means to totally rely on. Matter of fact, I've done a little more research this week. And it means to be tw- around, uh, wrapped around or to, be tw- to, to twine itself around. It's kind of like a vine that runs around an oak tree. It's kind of like uh, uh, if you take two strands of rope and you braid them together. It means to be bound together as one. And so if one moves, the other moves. If one stands, the other stands. 
And the truth of the matter is, we are the, we, he, is, he is the vine and we are the branches. He's the strong part. We're just the little floppy part. But he said, if we're wrapped around him, we have strength. And he said, it's just for those who know the Lord. The Bible said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. It's not a member of Benson Grove Baptist Church that can stand. It's not a person who's a member of anybody else's church that can stand. But that person that is in Christ, that is part of him. And he said, without me, you can do nothing. But with him, Paul said, through him, I can do all things. And that's the difference. And the difference is knowing Christ, not being a church member. I'm going to tell you one thing. It'd be something to die in a heathen nation and go to hell. But to die and go to hell out of a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church. What an awesome shock you're going to have when you wake up in the lake of fire because you personally have never been born again by the grace of God. You need to be saved. You need to be born again by the grace of God. But if you wait on the Lord, it means that you're intertwined with him, that you're clinging to him, that he is your support. Now, as a believer, you know that we can do things by the energy of the flesh. You know that we can get out of his will. But it's those times that we're clinging to him. But I want you to notice this very important passage of scripture in regard to the eagle. It said, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Now, at least once a year, an eagle, like most birds, goes through a process. By the way, I want to say thank you to Joel and Shelby Moss. Because sometime back, they, they all the time give me little things. They know I have a lot of different varying interests. I like old things. They give me old things. I like books. They gave me a set of books not long ago, uh, published uh, sometime back. But they're very current and still because of the information in them on birds, two, two big volumes. And so I've been reading study about eagles in there, their lifestyle. And I found that one thing that happens to an eagle, like most birds, once a year, is they go through the molting process. Any of you got chickens in your yard? You got chickens? How many of you have chickens? There's not a regulation in Johnson County. You can't have a chicken in your backyard. The molting process. You know what it is? It's when they begin to shed their, wing, their feathers. And, 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 and when they are doing that, there comes a point in time they have gone through, through a year and they have, they have flown and they fought the storms and they fought the battles and, the, and they have, they've, they've attacked prey and they've, they've gone through all the rigors of that life. Some of their feathers are, 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 are messed up and some of them maybe have, have broken or bent or, or whatever. But God has fixed that animal so that at, one, at a point in time, they begin to shed those old feathers. Now, when they do that, when an eagle does that, particularly an eagle is a, is, is a very proud animal. And, and they do something that a lot of other birds don't do. They go off to a solitary place. And they get to that solitary place where they're all alone. And sometimes it'll take weeks, sometimes maybe take a couple of months. But they go through this process of molting. That is, they begin to shed off all their old feathers. Now, God made them in such a way that no two adjacent feathers are ever shed at the same time. So one falls off and they still got one. So they can have flight, but it's limited. They just don't have the strength they normally have. They can't sell as high. And so their cause, they, God puts them in a place where they absolutely got to be still for a little while. Now, can I say something to you? That's not the way I'm geared. I am, my wife tell you, I'm doing something all the time around the house, everywhere, wherever I'm, I've only got to be doing something. It may be a, 
if Dr. Phil talked to him, he'd probably say I had a problem. But that's just way. But God has made us to sometimes where we have to get still. We have to get that place. And when they get to that place, they, they come to that place and they, they begin to shed off those, those feathers. That they, they have got tired and weary. And now they're, they're to the point. It is really, it's a very kind of a downtime for them. I mean, they, you know, some of you who have dogs, and I know uh, uh, Sister Aileen and others have dogs. And, and, you know, there's times that you, you take, dogs have very, they have moods, you know. You can, tell, you can tell when they're down, when they're up, when they're down. But an eagle, when he's going through this molting, molting process, he really is down. He doesn't have the vitality he normally has. And God's, God's made him that way because God wants to do something new in his life. He begins to shed off all those old feathers because if he doesn't get rid of that old, the new's not going to come back. But he goes through that process and, and over a period of time, all the old feathers are gone and he now has glistening, new, shiny plumage. It looks like he's just come through a car wash. I mean, he looks great. I mean, he, he's, he's been completely overhauled. And he has that wonderful strength and vitality that he has. Now, during this process, particularly those who've been in the battle for some time, there's another problem. But it also takes place and taking care of about the same time. When they have developed uh, in, in, in their age a little bit and they, be, they have fought battles or they have caught the, the, their prey and they have eaten all the prey, they begin to develop like calcium deposits on their beak. And that sharp hooked beak that they use to eat and tear and catch and, and to eat their, uh, uh, their meals with has become dull. It's got calcium on it. And so during this time when they can no longer fly, and don't do like they used to. They go to a place where the rocks are, boulders. And those eagles will continually hit their beak on that rock. Knocking off all that calcium. They can't fly. They're not running wide open anymore like they've been doing. But they're sharpening their beak. Now this time eagles do something a little bit unique as well. Because they're not able to fly and catch food like they used to because of their beak having that calcified uh, substance on it. Other eagles will come by and occasionally just drop them a little piece of meat and they'll eat it. I'll tell you, there's been plenty of times that I felt like I got down and I couldn't fly like I used to fly. Maybe, you know, just it seemed like things were coming to me. And boy, just at the right time, God the Holy Ghost would send somebody by with a word from heaven. It may be a phone call. It may be something that somebody had given me a book or or, or something I read in the Word of God. But God would give me that piece of meat. God would give me that nourishment for that day. Boy, what a blessing it was. Little nuggets, little truths that God would give to me. My dear friend, listen. This this process, this eagle goes through. There's a time that every servant of God, every Christian, there's times that, my dear friend, you just need to go through that molten process. God wants to make you new. God wants you to sharpen your spiritual senses and get to where you're, you're back in. But in just a matter of time, 
boy, his, his wings are full again and, his, and, and all of his body's covered with a new coat of feathers and his beak is sharp and glistening and he's ready for flight. And the Bible said in this passage of scripture that that eagle, it said, as, as in this case, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Now, let me tell you the significance of that word renew. I looked at that word renew and began to say, it says renewed as the eagle. And he said, they, they will be, in this passage of scripture, it said, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. What a, what a blessing that is. What a blessing that is that God would give them that strength. But that word renew, boy, I got looking at it. I, I, here's what I thought in my mind. I thought is that, that he would just give them their strength back. Give them their strength back. But it doesn't mean to give your strength back. It means to exchange your strength. It's kind of like trading up. You know what I'm talking about? It's like when your car has run down and it's beaten, banged, and battered. And you trade it in for a new one. And when it says renew their strength, it means an exchange strength. It means that during that time, God gives them a brand new strength. Oh, listen, that is something beyond yourself. God gives them a supernatural strength during that time. God gives them fresh strength, just like, just like a youth, just like a young person. God gives them that strength back again. And what a blessing that is when God does that for them. God gives them that strength. They are renewed and made brand new. Now, I want you to look with me at another. Hold your place there in Isaiah, but turn back to the book of Psalms 103. Psalms 103. And it says in Psalms 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all our iniquities, who healeth all our diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, and crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle's. Made brand new like the eagles. Boy, listen. He said there's a thing that God can do for you. David said it. That God can do for you where he gives you brand new supernatural strength just like he does for the eagle. Now that's for me and you. That's not just a Bible story. That's not just something I read in the Bible. I'm telling you, it's either true or it's not true. Is it true that the Bible said whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved? Yes or no? Yes, if you call on the Lord, you can be saved. Well, if that's true, then it's also true that God can give to every saint of God a supernatural, brand new strength. You may be beat, you may be battered, you may be drained, you may be wore out, but God can give it to you. And he can give you that. That's beyond yourself. That's just beyond anything that you can ever imagine. It's what God does for you. During that time before he, he goes to that molten process, his beauty has began to fade. Because of, of the defects in his wings, he, his turns are not as sharp. He's just gotten out of the, he, he just not his old self, not what he ought to be. 
And so it's absolutely necessary that it gets somewhere and get still. Let that molding process take place. Sharpen his beak once again and God renew him and God give him something. As long as he would try to go on in the energies of his flesh, he never could get anything done. And what happens to churches is that when we, we miss the anointing and power of God, we try to mechanically make everything work. Instead of getting a hold of God and letting God do something in our life and God give us something beyond what humans can do and give us supernatural strength to see something done for God. God can do that for every one of us. And he can do it for a church. And what a blessing it is to do that, that God could do that. Now listen, when you come to this passage of scripture and he's going through this process, there's two, two distinct words here in this passage of scripture. In Psalms 103, he said he can renew the strength, uh, 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 give you the strength of you like the eagle. And then in this passage of scripture, he said, he shall renew your strength. There are two little different phrases there, actually. And let me give you those quickly and we're going to go home. Number one, in verse, in, in Psalms 103, when it says to renew, it means to exchange and make brand new. When a person gets saved, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. My life for his is a song I heard down at Bobby Cardin's and I, I think our choir sings it, some others sing it, but boy, it's a tremendous sound. My life for his, his life for me. My life is hid in Christ. That Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And Paul said, the life that I now live in the flesh, I live not myself, but by the son of God that lives inside of me. It's Christ in us. It's his life. It is exchanged life. It's renewed life. And this is the promise, number one, for the fallen. For the fallen is the promise in Psalms 123. For that person who's, who's, it means, this word renew means to repair that which is broken and to heal that which is injured. And that's a process that God does for the, to, re, to repair that which is broken and to heal that which is injured. That means to renew. And God can do that. God will do that for you. David sinned a great sin. But in this psalm, he testifies about he who forgives all our iniquities. Look over with me, please, in Psalms 51. And let's listen to this wonderful thing of, of David in Psalms after his great sin, David testifies that God will renew you. God will heal. God will repair. God will make brand new. And listen to what he says. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy love and kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquities. Cleanse me from my sins. For I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be just Justified when thou speakest and clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shaped in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inner parts and in the hidden parts thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. Take not the Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of thy salvation. Uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways and sinners shall be converted. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God. Thou 
my, thou God of my salvation and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. Oh Lord, open thou my lips and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. And God did exactly that for David. God forgave David and he testifies in Psalm 103, he forgiveth all of our iniquities. My dear friend, there's a renewing for those who fail and for those who've fallen. My dear friend, that falling, that fallen person can be a saved person who've disobeyed God and got out of fellowship with him. The Holy Ghost of God convicts your heart. He said in 1 John, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's no cleansing. There's no renewing for that believer as long as he's got something in his heart and life ought not to be there. You won't ever have the power you ought to have. You won't ever have the strength you ought to have. And if there's something in there the Holy Ghost of God puts his finger on, the only way to get rid of it is to confess it. He said, if we confess our sins, and David said, I acknowledge my sin, I confess it. You know what it means? It means take God's side in it. It means to say the very same thing God says about it. We make excuses for it. But when we've got sin in our life, there's only one reason it's there. It's because we have willfully disobeyed our Lord and done something he didn't want us to do. Get honest. Confess up. Get before God and say, God, here it is. God, I've done this. I thought this. I said this. I did this. God, it's wicked. It's wrong. God, forgive me. He said this. If you confess your sins, he's faithful just to, to wash you, to cleanse you from all unrighteousness, to make you brand new. Oh, listen, God can do that. God can do that. He can renew you. He can renew you this morning. He can give you new power, new zeal. If you'll get honest and confess. And the fallen, fallen is like that. My dear friend, for those who don't know the Lord as your Savior, there's something can happen to you this morning. You say, Brother Bill, I can't live that Christian life. I can't do what you guys do. Nobody could. It's It's in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit of God is the only one who can help you to do that. But you've got to become a brand new creature. The Lord Jesus Christ told Nicodemus, you must be born again. You've got to become a brand new creature. And when you, when you trust Christ, you're renewed. That is, that you're made brand new. And he'll heal that that was sin. He'll, he'll, he'll take care of all that to mend, to make whole. He said, I've come. He said, to make whole, to make you whole. He can make you whole. If you'll come to him this morning. But not only is this promise of new, new life and new strength to those who have fallen. But it's also for the faint. For the faint. Because God's people get weary and they get tired and they feel like giving up. They feel like throwing in the towel. They want to just quit. But God brings you to that place sometimes. So you get along with him. I know most of you have always heard this phrase, sometime he'll put you on his back on your back so you'll look up. And that's true. I don't understand all that people, God's people go through, but God brings us to that place. I've been there. I've been there in a lot of a lot of different situations. A lot of times you just get wore out, give out with with all the rigors of of what's going on, the labor, the Christian life. When you add in your family and you add in the church and you add in everything else, boy, you just get tired. And no way in the world you could do it without the grace of God. And we do faint. And in Isaiah chapter 40, he said, but they that wait upon the Lord, we get weary. We get exhausted. And in the Bible, there's a a prophet by the name of Elijah. Remember Elijah? Boy, he's God's man. 
had the power of God on him. And he was wide open for the Lord. He was going all the time for the Lord. And there came a time when he challenged the prophets of Baal, brought all those prophets of Baal there, and he called on them to call down fire, and, and they cried, and they couldn't get fire, and they cut themselves, and they couldn't get fire. They jumped up and down on the altar and cried, and they couldn't get, get fire, and he made fun of them. And then after they got through, he repaired the altar, and he just prayed a little simple prayer. And he said, I want everybody to know that you are the Lord God of, of Israel. And boy, God sent down the fire, and he consumed the, the altar. He consumed the wood. He licked up the water they'd poured on it. God sent that power, supernatural power. Boy, listen, what a blessing. And then, then Elijah slew all the prophets of Baal. But then the word came from old Jezebel. And she said, as you've done to my prophets, I'll do to you. I'll kill you just as sure as I'm, my name's Jezebel. And you know what he did? This mighty man of God who stood before all those prophets and saw God called in fire. He, he'd gone through all that spiritual battle and now he runs. And he goes out and he gets up under a juniper tree, sits down, hides, tired, weary, exhausted, fearful, lost his courage. And God comes to him. He said, why are you here? Why are you here, old mighty man of God? Why are you here? And God came to him and tenderly spoke to him. And God did a work in his heart and life. And God brings him through a series of process. I'm going to take time to go through all that now. But God brings him back to that place of anointing and power. Why? Elijah said, I'm the only one serving you. I'm the only one doing anything for God. He said, well, he said, man, I got, I got tons. I got many prophets had bowed knee the bail. You're not the only one. You're not the only one. Beside that, Elijah, I know you're tired. I know you're weary. But I want to tell you something. The God of Elijah is not tired. He's not weary. And it's not in your strength anyway. It's in my strength. It's in my power. I remember here Dr. Bobby Robertson who pastors the great Walker, uh, uh, Gospel Light Baptist Church of Walkertown. Dr. Uh, Bobby Robertson only had about eighth grade education. But went through a lot of problems in his life. I mean a lot of pressures, a lot of things. Actually had a nervous breakdown one time in his early ministry. And God, but God blessed and the church grew and it got to be huge. They finally built that big auditorium they got up there now holds, I, don't, I forget now, what, 2,800 people or something like that. And he said when they got that built, he went back in his office and he got on his face. He said, God, God, I can't do this no more. God, I've, 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 I've been faithful to you and I've done this and I, and, and, and I just can't do it anymore. I know I can't take care of this. God, I can't do it. And he said the Holy Ghost spoke to him. He said, Bobby, hey, Bobby. <laughs> You'd have to know Dr. Robertson. He said, Bobby, you didn't do it to start with. <laughs> I did it. I just chose to use you. And I'm still God. And I'll still use you. And my dear friend, it's not me. It's not you. It's him. Elijah had to learn that lesson. And God taught him that lesson. He did. My list, people get tired, weary, but pressures and burdens of family and ministry and everything else. But we need to change our focus today. Paul said, I know that he is able. And he said, I know that he will perform until the day of Jesus Christ. He's able. My friend, he said this, those who will wait on the Lord, those who will get along with God. And I'm going to tell you something. And it, it took me a long time to learn that. You, you have got somewhere along the line to find a time and a place where you get along with God. Let, recognize it's not you, it's him. Tell God, God, if you don't help me, God, you do it. God, it's got to be you. And God, that's either true or it's not. 
And God, if you can't help me now, if you can't empower me now, if you can't give me, exchange my weakness for your strength. Paul, somebody's asked me the other day, we're talking about prayer. And, and I don't know all I, I'm like Brother Jesse Norris, I don't know all I know about praying. I'm not, I'm not an expert on anything. But they said, I, I've heard that if you keep praying for something, that means you don't believe God. And I said, well, I don't know the story in the Bible where he talks about that person who came and just kept on knocking. And he said, if you'll seek, if you keep on knocking, keep on knocking, keep on knocking. I do know that. I know that he said you're supposed to do that. And I do know this. I know that Paul, who wrote 14 books of this Bible, he said there was a time about something in him. He said, I prayed about it three different times, sought God. And finally, God said, he said, uh, I'm not going to remove it. But I want you to know one thing. My grace is sufficient for you. And Paul said, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Paul learned a wonderful lesson that it is not him, but it's the Lord.